Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Zach. Today is uh, a, a very special episode, and the reason it's special is because this is a redo. This is a correction of the episode I released about two weeks ago on pickups. So I had taken about three pages of notes and then it consolidated them down, and uh, normally I, I don't have to do that much you know, research on an episode, but I did for this. And I ended up getting an important fact wrong, and I looked at, like, I pulled the video after two days. Yeah, so, you know, my apology to the people that saw it, there were about 4,000 people that saw it. Uh, my apologies for the uh, the inaccuracy on one thing. And, uh, but yes, that's why I pulled it. And so this is a redo of episode 52, How Pickups Affect Tone. And I think we're going to just, you know, we're going to retitle this something like Telecaster Pickups 1950 through 69. And we're just going to keep to bridge pickups. And, uh, yeah. So the point of this episode is to give a history of Telecaster bridge pickups. And then take it down to, you know, to application. And let's say you have a guitar that's bright and you're wanting to darken it, or you have a dark guitar that you're trying to brighten. So then we're going to look at that. We're going to look at actually application because, you know, even if you're just looking at vintage pickups in kind of the golden era of 50 through 69, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different versions of the pickup and, and they can, you know, help you kind of push your guitar one way or the other. And also I'll talk about some of the modern, more modern things that are going on. All right. So if you haven't subscribed already, and if you've been enjoying the show, then please go down in the corner and subscribe. If you've already subscribed, uh, I would appreciate you going to askzack.com and going to the uh, the store. And there you can pick up a shirt or a, a mug or a sticker or a hat. 
and support the show. Also, I have uh, you know, tip jar information in the uh, description if you'd uh, prefer that. All right. So Telecaster bridge pickups through the years. Funnily enough, the only Telecaster bridge pickup I had lying around that wasn't actually in a guitar is this La Brea, uh, you know, Brad Paisley, Seymour Duncan collaboration pickup, which I, I had in the Pink Paisley for a while, and then I put the uh, the old Peter Florence pickup just out of uh, one. I liked it, but that, that was what was originally in the guitar. And also, you know, Peter Florence was a, a, a dear man, and I'm, uh, you know, just a little tribute to him. So... So let's start from the beginning. The earliest Telecaster pickups were flat pole. Now, this one obviously is raised, but flat pole means that all of the poles are even with the top of the pickup and don't stick out at all. And that's what the you know the the earliest Telecaster pickups were that way. You know whether Broadcaster, Esquire. The earliest prototypes used A5 sandcast magnets. Okay, and then when they got into actually producing the broadcaster, the broadcaster had A3 magnets, and then it had 43 gauge enamel coated wire. All right, so then you go from broadcaster. Of course, you have the deal with Gretsch, and then you get the nocaster. And so there are some transition ones, but by the time you get to the nocaster, the pickup has changed. So now. It has continued to be an A3 magnet, but it has now gone to 42 gauge wire, which this you know might be counterintuitive, but as the numbers go down, as the number gets smaller, the wire actually gets bigger. So you might be asking, so what's the difference between a broadcaster and the no-caster telecaster sound? Well, the only difference is the wire so one, you have smaller wire on the broadcaster, but because it's smaller wire, they wrapped more of it, and so you get more output, and it's a little more aggressive, uh, you know, than than the uh, you know what is kind of the standard uh, when you think of you know a blackguard sound. Okay, so let's let's talk a bit about what having a, a flat pole how that affects the sound. Well. Obviously, when you have a flat pole, unlike the one I'm holding, you know, when all the magnets are the same height, well, then the volume is going to be the same. Now, that's not taking into account the different size strings or anything. It's just meaning that this is, you know, every pole is sensing the same way. Of course, you do have the fact that you've got different size strings above them. The other thing that happens when you have flat pole is you have more kind of back and forth chatter between strings and poles. So this pole is not just going to pick up the high E string, it's also going to pick up a fair amount of B string also. Okay, so when you have that going all the way across, uh, one, you have the evenness, but two, you have that chatter. And what happens is because there's a less separation, it ends up sounding more compressed and even because there's kind of, there's a little bit, you know, of, there's more of the other string in every pole. Okay, so that's that sound. So the next thing that happens is in 54, they change from A3 magnets to A5 magnets. This is in, 
54, 55 has changed. Because all these things are, are, are somewhat gradual and Leo was, has a, a tendency to use up what was lying around. So, you know, there's, there's transition periods with any change. So, A5 magnet, but the pickup stays the same otherwise. Same gauge wire, but by changing to A5 magnet, magnets, A5 magnets are stronger than A3, okay? So when you go to a stronger magnet, what happens is, of course, you get some more output, but also you get a push of more of the fundamental of the note, and it's a little more assertive, okay? So the A3 magnet, because it was weaker, again, it's, it's pushing it to a little bit warmer. It's hearing a little bit more of the harmonic stuff because of the fact that there's, no, you know, again, it's not as strong of a magnet. So you have this weaker magnet that's then being taken by the coils and then it's going on to the pickup. Weaker magnets, you get more of the harmonic stuff going on. Stronger magnets, more fundamental. Okay, so that's the next, you know, version of the Telecaster bridge pickup. Then we get up to the stagger. You know, one of the things that's really funny about staggered is, you know, on a strat pickup, if you were to put a flat pole, you know, pickup in a in a strat, you'd think, what's wrong with you? You know, you're going, you know, you're going all, you know, modern on me. And you know, the opposite's true with the telly. You know, if you put a staggered pole pickup, you think it's, you know, modern or something. So but anyway, staggered pole. So the first thing, like this La Brea pickup, the first thing that happened was the D and G poles were raised. Okay? So what does that do? Well, it makes these two strings louder than the rest. So it puts an emphasis on these two strings. And of course that was done, you know, because it had been done on the strat, the idea was to go ahead and do that with the Telecaster also with the bridge pickup to get staggered pole. And they were trying to get things more even. And I, I don't think there was a problem really to begin with, with the, uh, with the flat pole. All right. So the next thing that happens is the stagger starts getting above, you know, because you know, on this first version of the stagger, they just raised the G and the D. But the next version of the stagger, they raised all of them. So all of them come above the flat work. And also, you get a bevel on these. So this one has no bevel on it. But you get this beveling on the edge of the top of the magnets. And that changes the tone also. As far as we know, we believe the beveling was done to help in production, to help it as you had to force it through the bobbin but but that changes the tone because it changes the kind of the magnetic sensing area you know of of the pull piece and so as you bevel it what happens is is that there's less of that chatter going on and more of its pull is focused straight above so yeah so you know what's what's happening is this pickup is going from being more sensitive to harmonics and more compressed sounding to becoming more assertive, more in your face, more separation from string to string. This is what's happening. This is what Leo wanted. That's not what you know, necessarily all the players wanted, but that's what Leo wanted. Leo wanted that sound. So then as you go along, 
the pickup kind of stays the same for a while, except for going from, you know, they were dipping the, uh, you know, the pickup in black wax, which of course would, would color um, the twine, which was originally white even on the old pickups. And so that was changed to where it wasn't black anymore. It was, I guess, more of a clear uh, wax that they were dipping in. Then in 63, 64, you get the change over to this, uh, you know, gray kind of, uh, you know, flat work that's on the, on the bottom. Uh, then, the, then the next thing that kind of happens is in uh, yeah, around 65, 66, you get the dropping of wax potting on this pickup and they start lacquer potting it only. Now, I have to say this, before they were kind of lacquer potting and wax potting, because what they were doing was they would make the pickup itself, not not wind any wire on it, but they would have, you know, the the bobbin, the flat work, and, uh, and the magnets, and they would dip that in lacquer, and then they would want and let it dry, and then they would wind it, and then they would wax pot it. So what happened was in the CBS years, they stopped the wax potting, and what they did was they did the initial lacquer potting, let it dry, wind it, you know, put the twine on there, and then they would just dip it in lacquer again. The problem with that was that the lacquer would flake off. And now you have a situation where you've got lacquer coming off and you have a pickup that's right under your hand. So this is my 67 Tele. So you're picking here and you have this pickup that's, that's dipped in lacquer and this lacquer starts flaking off, which is what lacquer does. Before you know it, you start getting moisture in there and then you start getting corrosion and then these pickups start uh, you know, shorting out and they die. And so it's actually quite rare to find late 60s pickups that have been used quite a bit, uh, that have been played a lot, that uh, haven't had to be you know, either, either potted or rewound or fixed in some way. And that's just kind of something that happens with these pickups because they were lacquer you know, potted. The, the next and final thing that happens is, you, of course, in 69, you, or late 68, 69, you get the switch from cloth-covered wires to uh, you know to plastic insulated wires. So and that's kind of the the evolution of the uh, of the bridge pickup, you know through uh, through the years. The neck pickup really didn't change that much. It really you know was kind of always you know the A5 magnet. All right. So that's that's kind of the history. Now let's get to application. So you've got a telly and you're, you think it's really bright, and you're like, I've got to tame this thing. Well, the first thing I would do, before I'd even change pickups, is I would change the, the saddles out. If you, you know, if you don't already have brass, I'd put brass on there. If you already have brass, then I would look at changing out the pickup. So if you have a staggered pole, well, then I'd get a flat pole. And you know, and that's going to be kind of the the darkest sound you can get is kind of the the 52 Telecaster you know kind of thing, the A3 you know magnet, the 42 gauge wire you know kind of your your classic black guard. That's going to be 
even compressed it's going to be and with and with brass saddles that's going to be the darkest kind of telecaster sound you can go for okay and then of course if you want hotter you know of course you can go broadcaster which is the you know same magnets but with uh you know the smaller wire and more wraps of it so you get a little bit more aggressive you know output and uh you know all right, so let's say you have the inverse issue and you have a dark guitar and you're wanting to brighten it. Well, of course, you know, if you, you know, I'd, I'd look at putting steel saddles on there uh, first. And then I'd look at, okay, well, how much brighter do you want to go? Well, of course, I'd recommend going to, a, you know, staggered pole. If you just want a little bit, you know, just a, a touch brighter then you might want to go with the, kind of that first version of the stagger where it's just the raised D and G and still with, you know, A3 magnets, you know, 42 gauge wire, you know, that'd be a way to go. Then if you want the step above that, well, go with the, you know, full stagger where all the pickups, you know, are, uh, are above the poles. Then, you know, of course, you know, you know, brighter and more assertive than that is, you know, of course, the, the beveled and uh, an A5 magnet. So, yeah, just keeps getting more assertive. So that's that's what I would do. Yeah, so if you're really wanting to brighten up the guitar, I'd get A5 magnet, staggered pole, you know, 42-gauge wire, and there's tons of pickups like that, like that out there. So that's, uh, that, that's kind of the, uh, the application on, on that. Um, I will talk a little bit about Alnico 2. Alnico 2 was not used on old Fender pickups, on vintage Fender pickups at all. It was more, uh, they were used more in Gibson, you know, in Gibson pickups and as bar magnets. Um, they are useful uh, and they are, you know, their, their output is in between A3 and A5, uh, but they, they tend to have a, a a pretty smooth sound which kind of comes across as as darker or compressed and I will say that uh, you know back in the 80s you know I used to buy uh, Seymour Duncan Alnico 2 Pro Telecaster bridge pickups and uh, I would put them in you know American Standard you know Telecasters and different things because it was really good at taming bright Telecasters. Uh, another thing you know of course you know, I've talked about enamel wire. Well, you know, enamel was just the coating on the wire to keep it from shorting out. Well, there's also, you know, another insulation that was used, and that's form var. Form var was not used on classic Telecaster pickups. It was used on Strat pickups for a while, vintage. Uh, but form var has been used by, you know, some modern, you know, winders, even for Tele, you know, bridge pickups. And form var... Uh, tends to push the the pickup to have a little more presence and it's a little snappier. So that's another thing you can do. You know, when you're looking at pickups, form bar is another another way of kind of changing. You know, kind of pushing the sound one way or another. But it's not necessarily a vintage Telecaster thing. But I have you know I've had pickups that had form bar wires on it and you know wires and, you know wraps. So and uh, yeah. Well, I hope that's been a uh, a good little uh, you know overview of Telecaster pickups, and also just a, a good way of uh, you know yeah of helping you you know find you know what's going to be best for you, and and if you're wanting to push your guitar you know one way or the other. I like 
you know, I like all sorts of Telebridge pickups. You know, it's like this 67, you know, has, you know, staggered poles with, with no bevel and A5 magnets, and I love it. And then, of course, I have, you know, like my uh, Danocaster Blackguard that has the, you know, Ron Ellis 52T in it and such, and I love that sound, too, with brass saddles. But, you know, a lot of people think, uh, you know, the staggered pole and steel saddles is being pretty bright, and, you know, this guitar, I don't, I don't think of it as being overly bright. All right, so let's talk about what I played at the beginning of the show. Um, that was uh, kind of stolen. What I played itself wasn't stolen from John Leventhal, but the tuning was. So when I interviewed John Leventhal, he told me about this tuning that he used a lot. Um, and basically, it's standard tuning except for the two low strings. You tune your low E down to C, and you tune your low A down to G. And so that's what I was you know, using, and then I just, you know, capoed and, you know, was just kind of doing, you know, because you get this. One of the things that's really great about this tuning, and of course I was using kind of a C position kind of thing for that, but if you go to a G position thing like this, what you have is you end up with your tonic note on your fifth string, your, uh, your fifth note on this fourth string, and your fourth here on the, on the low string. So here I'll show you. So here you, you know. So you can wrap your you know, thumb over the top, but that's a, a, a really neat uh, technique, and uh, you know you can just use a capo and kind of move that around and play out of a G position. All right, that's your your lick for the day. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope you have a great week. And I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.